Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You're listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Tracy about what it's like to volunteer through Pet Partners with her two therapy cats, Roger and Sal. We'll discuss how she knew that Roger and Sal would enjoy volunteering, special considerations when working with cats, like how to account for murder mittens, and share stories of how Roger and Sal have truly brightened the day for cat lovers in hospice and at their local children's hospital. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Tracy, Roger, and Sal. Hi, Tracy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. So I would love if you could start us off by just telling us a little bit about you and your cats. I believe you have two therapy cats and kind of where y'all are located and then we'll jump in. So my name is Tracy. I work at ASU IT and I have three cats, two of whom are therapy cats. I have a 12-year-old cat named Haru who's actually really been terrified his whole life of going outside, but lately he's been venturing further and further from the front door. So maybe he has a therapy cat career in him as well. And then I have a cat named Roger who just turned seven years old last month. And he has been a therapy cat since he was one years old. So he's got six years of service. One one year was online because of COVID, but like he's done quite a bit. And then during COVID, a cat just showed up at my house and he was so sweet and so easy going and he walked on a leash like from the moment I found him. So I decided he could stay and he became a therapy cat in May of last year. His name is Salvador. That's great. So Roger's been a therapy cat for six years and Salvador for one year? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're both registered through Pet Partners, correct? Yes. As far as I can tell, Pet Partners is really the only nationwide group that registers cats. So, you know, with dogs, there's a few groups that do it, but with cats, I could only find pet partners, but they're a great organization to be registered with, and we've enjoyed every minute of volunteering. That's amazing. So how did you first find out about even the concept of making your cat a therapy cat? So when I got Roger, Roger actually was born in my friend's backyard. They had a little Italian greyhound named Tuga. And they were telling me, oh, Tuga has this cat friend that comes to play at 7 o'clock every night. And then one night, the cat didn't come. And the next morning, they found kittens in their shed. And so, like, right from the start, they brought the kittens inside. And they were, like, pretty much marketing them on Facebook from day one. It's like, don't you want one of these kittens? And so that Italian greyhound was like a dad to Roger. He really spent a ton of time with this dog. At that point, I had two cats, both of whom would never go outside. But, you know, I ended up adopting Roger. And because he had been raised by a dog partially, he was very outgoing and adventurous. And they had also done a really great job socializing the kittens. Like there were always tons of people at their house playing with the kittens. And so he really had this outgoing personality, and I just thought he was so cool. And my boss at the time had a wife who worked for Hospice of the Valley in Arizona, and he was like, oh, you should get him registered as a therapy cat. My wife says Hospice of the Valley doesn't have any cats right now. And I thought, like, oh, that would be a cool thing for us to do. So he was one years old. He took the test. It was basically like his birthday. He took the test on. 
And then he started volunteering with Hospice of the Valley. That's amazing. What are the requirements for a cat to be a therapy cat? So with pet partners, it's a similar test to what they do for the dogs, but it's also different. So they prefer you carry your cat either in a basket or in your arms. And they, you know, expose them to a large group of people. They sit three people in chairs and then your cat has to spend like 20 seconds, 20 or 30 seconds on each person's lap and be comfortable being passed from lap to lap. They, you know, expose them to people in wheelchairs, someone with a walker and make sure they're comfortable having their paws touched and they get a hug from the evaluator. So those are kind of the things they have to do. Okay, that's really interesting. Was it difficult for you to kind of leash train? Did you have to leash train for that? So they actually don't have to walk on a leash. They just have to wear a harness and you have to hold the leash. Uh, Because Roger was raised by a dog, I think he thought leash training was like totally normal. He wanted (laughs) to go outside when he was like four months old. And I was like, well, if you want to go outside, you have to wear a harness. And so I got him a little harness. It was like too big at first. (laughs) He was so cute. (laughs) And uh, we went outside. And so, you know, they have to be comfortable in the harness, but they don't necessarily have to be able to walk in it. And they just have to not freak out when it's on. Gotcha. How does Roger let you know that he enjoys doing therapy work? (laughs) So Roger pretty much never purrs except when he's at the children's hospital. Oh, interesting. He's the only place he purrs. Uh, He makes biscuits on my face mask, like when we're walking towards the room. So I know that he loves going there. He loves just uh, sitting in bed with the kids and purring. And he purrs the whole time. And then we go home and he doesn't purr for another week. Oh, you're like, hey, mister, I do how much for you and you won't purr for me? (laughs) You know, I always tell the kids he saves all his purrs for the children's hospital, that he's really into like the healing power of purrs. Now, he does purr for like a minute or two to wake me up in the morning to give him breakfast. But besides (laughs) that, he's just like not a big purr. So you two volunteer at the children's hospital together then, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Is that where Sal volunteers as well? Yeah, so Roger still is registered with Hospice of the Valley, but we Sal does most of that work. And okay. then he's at the Phoenix Children's Hospital either every other week or three times a month. And Sal does hospice, and he volunteers at ASU sometimes, and he does Phoenix Children's as well. Gotcha. Did anything surprise you in your journey towards training them to be therapy cats? You know, what surprises me is, just how few therapy cats there are. I was on a call with pet partners recently, and they told me there's only like 140 in the U.S., but when you see the reaction people get to the cats, it's a shame there's not more, that there's not more people doing this. And I think that's the biggest surprise for me because it's such a thrill, like when you make someone's day, it's an amazing feeling. And especially for people like seniors who don't really have the opportunity to go out as much or maybe visit with their families. It just surprises me that more people aren't doing this. Yeah. Did they have any insight as into why not many people do therapy cat work? I think that it's really just a lack of knowledge. That's like a possibility. I think a lot of people have misconceptions about it. And I do meet people who I know their cats would be great therapy cats. And they kind of doubt the cats. They're like, oh, I don't know if if he would really be that good. And I'm like, no, he would. Trust me, I know. So it's kind of a real niche thing. 
Yeah, I was wondering about that because I feel like it's very kind of common to train a dog, but it, uh, most people just assume you can't train a cat, even though you can. You can train a cat. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it depends on the cat, but Roger knows a bunch of tricks, which is always really funny at the hospital. Like he does high five and at home he jumps through a hoop and he'll give Aww. you a kiss. Yeah, so. Was it difficult to teach him those things? No, Roger is really smart and he just picks up on it and. That's kind of my biggest failure as a handler is that Roger is so easy to get him to do anything. And then people just expect me to know how to teach them, like how to walk their cat on a leash or teach a cat to give a high five. Yeah, I could see that. Have you thought about becoming like a therapy cat evaluator or anything like that for your pet partners? Yeah, I actually am in the process of becoming an evaluator for pet partners. I'm okay. definitely interested in evaluating both dogs and cats. Where I live in Phoenix, we just don't have that many evaluators for how large the city is and how large it's growing. So I will be doing that. I'll hopefully be started with that by the fall. Okay. That's surprising to me that you don't have a lot of evaluators. And talking to Cheyenne, there's so many, at least for therapy dogs, volunteer opportunities there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you enjoy the most about being a therapy cat team? Oh, just making other people happy. Like sometimes the things that we see at the children's hospital are so amazing. You know, and also, you know, when you visit a hospice patient and they're kind of lonely, but they've loved cats their whole lives and they've lost their cats. You know, because a lot of people have to rehome their animals to go into, like, assisted living. Just the way you make people feel, it's, it's an addicting feeling. Yeah, I love that. Do you have, like, a favorite conversation starter when you're volunteering? Mm, I usually just ask people if they have cats or to tell me about any cats they've had. Because it is such a niche, people sometimes, like, really freak out <laughs> when we come. Mm -hmm. They're so excited, and they want to tell you about their cats. Um, I probably should work on that, but it takes care of itself. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a therapy cat in the movie Soul, but I've never seen a therapy cat in action. My cat maybe could have done that work. When my mom was on hospice, I would always take her to visit her, and she would just hang out in her hospital bed at home with her and let her pet her for, like, hours and hours and hours. But I just never know with her. What do you do about their tiny paw knives? <laughs> Because they were raised by dogs, the only time Roger ever makes biscuits, which is a concern, is, is on my face mask when we're, like, walking to room. I think that, you know, he's just not a big murder mittens guy. <laughs> and, I mean, I clip them. I clip the claws, especially with seniors. Seniors are very fragile skin. You lose the elasticity in your skin as you age. It's very easy for an accident to happen. But, no, again, this is kind of like my downfall is it's been so easy with them I don't <laughs> I don't really have much advice yeah my cat Matilda she has like velcro paws I swear they like stick to everything I'm like what are you doing <laughs> for a while what I would do is I would trim them a little and then put those nail caps on the soft paws so I didn't yeah those are fun yeah, well, plus it looks like they have a little pedicure, which is really cute. Yeah, too. and as far as I can tell, they don't actually hurt. Plus, it gives her something to do because she sits there and chews them all off until they're finally free. But yeah, so I wasn't sure what you do about that, but it sounds like your cats don't care. So No. <laughs>
no murder mittens at your house. <laughs> nope. That's great. So are there any special considerations that you run into with cats doing therapy work? Like anything that you have to do differently than maybe the dogs that you see volunteering? Well, I do carry Roger for like the full two hours of the hospital room to room and our hospital's kind of big. And so that can be rough on my back. His brother walks pretty much most of the time, but carrying can be rough. But otherwise, he's very good. He doesn't like his bath. Sal is very easy to bathe. I usually like go live on TikTok when I bathe him because people can't believe that he just like stands there and I pour water on him. But I think <laughs> Roger, people would be disturbed. Aww. Well, what advice do you have for someone who's interested in becoming a therapy cat team and bumping up those cat numbers? You know, it's funny. I live in a condo complex and there's several Airbnbs and there was someone who was renting for like two months and he had a cat named Gordy and Gordy totally could have done it. He, much like me with my cats, would take Gordy out for a stroll several times a day and Gordy was already wearing the harness. And, you know, I did tell him like, this is a really worthwhile thing you can do. You know, Gordy would make so many people happy, like at a senior center. And they were kind of like making their way cross country and they were moving to Hawaii. So I didn't get a chance to refer him to any resources. But I would say like, if you are interested, there's other opportunities for volunteering with animals and animal assisted therapy with groups. Like at Phoenix Children's, I have someone I'm paired with. Her name is Eileen, she's an escort. And I'm also an escort. I take a doodle named Camus around. And so if you're interested in doing this type of work, cat or not, like I would just first get involved with the work by finding some way to volunteer in your community with an animal assisted therapy program, because it will give you a good idea of the opportunities that are out there, as well as letting you observe visits. And it will kind of help you think like, well, my animal could do this, or if this happened, I would do this. I think that if someone's interested if they think their cat has the capacity and like in phoenix there's a bunch of cats that hike or not a bunch but there's cats that hike and so i feel like if your cat is confident enough to go hiking that it probably can be a therapy cat you know i would just evaluate your animal and i would get involved with an animal assisted therapy program just as an ancillary person and just start observing yeah that's good advice i've heard of people talking about like shadowing another team before and that could definitely give you an opportunity to kind of just see what actually takes place to know yeah. if your animal would be interested. Because I feel like a lot of times you hear people talking about it or you see them posting on Instagram, but you really don't know what it entails until you're doing the work. <laughs> yeah. And it can be tough, too, to shadow because, like, any healthcare setting is protected by HIPAA and you're not really going to be able to bring someone with you. Yeah. But if you become a volunteer with that organization, you would be able to, to observe. Yeah, because then you have the clearance and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cheyenne says that you've escorted Tiana and that Tiana loves you. I have. <laughs> oh, I love Tiana. Tiana was on a previous episode of Therapy Dog Talk. Tiana and Sal work at ASU together sometimes, but Tiana definitely okay. gets a little distracted when she sees Sal. We're keeping them separated now. <laughs> She's like, kitty. <laughs> she pointed. She was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a dog. I want to go see them. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tracy, is there anything else you want to share while you're here? 
You know, I just like to say that I have some really special memories of my volunteer work. There was a woman that Roger and I went to see pretty much like in our first year of volunteering. And, you know, when you volunteer for hospice, you generally like call the facility or the patient's contact person before you go. And I called her son and he said she was sleeping this morning, but she loves cats and she probably would wake up for you. When we got there, you know, he got in bed with her. He kind of laid between her hip and her arm. And he was looking around and her whole room was decorated with pictures of cats that she had owned during her life. And it was like so amazing to watch him register like that this was a cat lover. And I actually, after we had been in the room for like 20 minutes, I could tell from her breathing that she was pretty much actively dying. And he didn't want to leave her. He just wanted to stay with her the whole time. And it was so sweet. And I feel like he knew she was passing away and that he knew that she had been a real big cat lover and he just like didn't want to leave her. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. It's so special how they can read them like that. Yeah. And another time at the children's hospital, you know, they give out a poster that has all the animals on it and it has a picture of Roger and Sal on it. And sometimes kids, when they see the poster, they really want to meet the cats. And so Mm -hmm. there was a day that we were there and it was not our regular day. And my escort knocked on the door and said, would you like to meet the cat? And the girl started freaking out. She was like, oh, my God, I wanted this to happen. I didn't think it would. The nurse told us that you only ever come on Wednesday night. (laughs) I said, yeah, this is the one time we're here and it's not Wednesday night. And they were like, did you know to come see us? And we were like, no, you were just on the list. And they were like, oh, my God, we're being discharged in two hours. This is so amazing. It was just so special. Like, that's what I mean when I say it's so amazing to make people's day like that. Yeah, especially in a hospital where they're just rough time. Like for most people, being in the hospital is not a positive experience, not because of the hospital necessarily but because of whatever they're going through that put them there yeah and that's my dream for doing all this would be like one day someone saying yeah I was in the hospital a lot as a kid but I met a cat and it was amazing well it sounds like you have a good chance of that happening with all the people that Roger and Sal have met I hope so I hope what we're doing is worthwhile for people and, and I know it's worthwhile for them yeah, I'm sure that it is. I'm sure people look forward to them coming. They are the outliers as cats. They're in a minority there. So Yeah, most hospitals don't even allow cats in. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Do you know why that is? So there's concerns about housebreaking cats, but I basically just walk them before I take them to the hospital. And then there is a question of whatever that disease that comes from cat litter, toxoplomosis, So some hospitals are concerned about toxoplomosis. At the hospital we go to, we just don't see immunocompromised children. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. I feel like cats don't really like to go outside of their box usually. So that's interesting that that's such a big concern. Yeah, my cats, if I didn't have this third cat, I could just get rid of the litter boxes and they would just potty outside like dogs. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. It was really great to get to know you a little bit and hear about the great work you're doing with Roger and Sal. Thanks for having me. Of course. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Therapy Dog Talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.